is going on guys welcome back to another episode of nerdy nomicron i of course am your host alex aka snurfin joining me as always my two homies the best looking dudes this side of the planet ryan aka synthetic how you doing buddy i'm doing pretty good how about you i'm doing all right doing all right and ollie the vonstrosity what's up man Hey, <clears throat> nothing much. Just, you know, joining the usual weekly call. Hell yeah. Hell yeah. Sounds like you're eating something. What are you munching on? Oh, I got some cookies at a, a fundraiser bake sale. Oh, it's like so proper cookies then. Yeah, I got some some good munchies going here. I got some cupcakes and like a tin of cookies for like the muffins were like or cupcakes were like five bucks. The cookies were like three bucks. So great yeah. fucking deal. They're really good. Nice. It was you said it was a fundraiser? Yeah, for the, the cat shelter that I volunteer at. Oh, fucking hey, That's awesome, dude. Hell yeah, cat shelter. Fuck yeah. Episode 23. We're getting up there, boys. Soon we're going to be at 25, and then we can actually celebrate some sort of milestone, according <laughs> to Ollie. Yeah, <laughs> that's right. <laughs> our, like, our, our quarter milestone. Our quarter milestone. Hell yeah. Um, I was going to say it's been a busy week for all of us, but it hasn't. It's been mm-hmm. possibly a busy week content-wise for you guys. I've been on vacation, um, so I've definitely missed out on uh, on anything going on lately. Uh, I still have yet to see the Batman, but I'll uh, be rectifying that tomorrow evening. Wife and I are going to head out. To the lovely Landmark Cinemas, shout-outs to Landmark Cinemas, fans of the show. Um, please sponsor us. Hashtag please sponsor us. Please, please, please. <laughs> uh, <laughs> are you kidding me? That company would never align itself with some sort of stoner fucking <laughs> podcast. They have an image to uphold. As awesome yep. as it would be, I'd have to, like, I'd have to remove the fucking hot leaf from the emblem and I'd have to change Kron to something else. It would just be too much. It'd be too mm. much. I'm not compromising our, our, our image well, no. and label. Money well, no, because, be because the, because the nerdy Nomicron could also be a reference to the Necronomic con, Kron, whatever. Okay. Um, maybe. Yeah. But yeah, maybe uh, I see also, your point. Ryan, that is incorrect. I can be bought. Uh, it just it just costs a lot of money i'm one of those i'm one of those outrageous buys they'll be like we'll offer you ten thousand i'll be like you can offer me a hundred thousand or we don't talk (laughs) and because i know they'll be like it's not happening i'm like great that's what i thought i'll just highball them every time they throw a number at me because i'm not i'm not going to give up my integrity but i can be bought that's not uh, (laughs) that's not a thing if they're like 10 million dollars i'd be like what else do you need from me (laughs) <laughs> hey that's fair that's fair. do you need do you need the shirt off my back my pants what you need what you need <laughs> 10 million dollars is a lot of money we'll rebrand with that money i promise i will i will funnel it into our projects we'll become well you'll do that million. you'll do that with your cut of the money right? well no like we're the entire cut. cut why would you know <clears throat> All I hear is money, and I want to cut. <laughs> of course you do. Everybody wants a cut. It's money. But I don't understand why you think you're getting a cut. You get a pittance pay. Is what you get. Oh, 
That's still something. <laughs> yeah, hundred thousand. That's it. Whoa! Nothing more, yeah, nothing I'll, more. I'll nothing less. Take that. <laughs> hundred thousand out of the ten million that they give me. Uh, who's they? And who who's giving me this money to give up my values and <laughs> integrity? Cinema, of I don't know. But... <laughs> yeah, right. <laughs> <laughs> but listener, if you think that's you that could be giving us that money, go for it. Yes. Seize your dream. I mean, no. Yeah, twenty million now. You can't buy me. Twenty million. I can take twenty million. I'll take twenty million. We I'll still take make it hundred k though. I would give you guys more. If I got paid out $20 million for something because of this podcast, if you thought that I would not give you an equal share in that, you were probably correct. No, I'm kidding. <laughs> <laughs> no, you would definitely get equal shares. It's, it's our podcast. My brainchild, but our podcast. So I'd get a slightly larger cut than both of you. I suppose a little fair, yeah. As long as I still get a cut, I'm happy. Yeah, you get a cut. But you keep mm. whining about it, so like your cut's getting progressively what? smaller and more and more. <laughs> I am joking. Now, I know Ryan has seen The Batman, and I, I think the two of you should definitely... Uh, touch it. Touch... Uh, <laughs> well, I mean, like, you, should, you, I should, you should touch it some more. Uh, well, I, well, I, well, I hide in the closet wearing a Superman outfit. Um, <laughs> no, just me. Uh, that was a Rick and Morty reference. Anyway, um, yeah, the Batman, and uh, I definitely want to talk a little bit about uh, some Kenobi and that Miss Marvel trailer just dropped not that long ago. Yeah, um, just kidding. Not that I'm, you know creating a docket or nothing i'm just throwing some points out there that i would uh i would like to talk about but um yeah let's open this up the batman from ryan's perspective not ollie's skewed perspective <laughs> i don't know right. man i kind of agree with him on a lot of what he said in my last <laughs> yeah. episode you fucking but, would yeah i would <laughs> i would ryan's got my back <laughs> But honestly, though, like, I, I can't, I can't help but feel like this is probably the best comic book movie of all time. Mm -hmm. I don't of all time. Of all time. Yep. 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 I don't think that the Riddler was a better live action villain than Heath Leather, Heath yeah. Ledger's Joker. However, I think he was extremely compelling nonetheless. Uh, okay. And he brought a real aspect of um just how bad it really was in gotham mm -hmm. what um, if um what if we replace the riddler with kevin spacey's the diddler <laughs> even more compelling. <laughs> i think i'm gonna make that like an actual background character somehow the diddler man. after you said that man i fucking i don't <laughs> i was listening i was listening to that episode just yesterday oh man yeah i'm a nerd i listen to our own fucking episodes i like the way my voice sounds fuck off mm, sorry of i cut you off carry on carry on um uh yeah but it, gotham itself just as a city uh really i i was impressed by how much it felt like Gotham. It didn't feel like we were just, you know, set in New York with a, a big black Wayne Tower building in it. Uh, or like or Chicago. Yeah. yeah. 
it, it didn't feel like that. It, it felt extremely unique. And even, even down to the architecture of some of the buildings, like the, um, uh, the iceberg lounge and stuff like that, just the way that it looked was so, so truly Gotham. It, it made it feel like it was a legitimate city. Hell yeah. I'm all about that. Yeah, definitely did. <clears throat> I don't know. I mean, I think like it was just a great movie overall. I'm, I'm really happy that Robert Pattinson played the role as well as he did. Um, yeah. But Which is the, awesome because I had my reservations about whether or not well, Robert Pattinson. Well, could I, I kind of want to, I kind of want to touch on that a little bit. Ryan, yeah. what did you think of him as Bruce Wayne versus as Batman? I liked it, being that it was year two of Batman. I think that uh, like he did a really good job of playing <clears throat> the like reclusive, um, loner aspect of Bruce Wayne's character. Um, yeah, in the sense that like he isn't bruce wayne anymore he is batman um and just like you don't see as much in bruce wayne's character until he really seems to to sort of begin tearing apart at the seams with this conspiracy uh where he he kind of falls back to his his childlike self and um, is in a position of like not being able to understand just how deep this goes, regardless of the fact that he has been Batman for two years. Yeah. Mm. Yeah, see, like, I really like him as Batman, and I'm glad there was really just like two, maybe three scenes where he was Bruce Wayne. Um, two of those scenes, mind you, I was like, okay, like, I really like what's going on in this scene. But, um, I still can't really, like, yeah, one thing nagging at the back of my mind is, like, I can't really picture him as, like, a playboy. But I'm glad that you said that it really shows how he's reclusive and how he's mostly just Batman right now. Because mm -hmm. it, I think it works in his favor for the character, especially. Because it, um, yeah, like, he, he really isn't Bruce Wayne, even though his name is Bruce Wayne, and he's supposed to be this rich, like, playboy, well, I guess maybe not playboy yet, but he's supposed to be a, a rich whatever, um, he didn't really sell that for me, but I think that was the point they were going for, because anytime he did appear as Bruce Wayne, he was very, like, sullen and, like, brooding at the same time, like, you can tell mm -hmm. that the Batman persona was, like, overtaking who he was, and he was just very like critical about his surroundings. He didn't he like walked with purpose. He wasn't really like smiling like Christian Bale's Bruce Wayne was and like shaking hands and everything. He was just kind of like there for appearances. And yeah. and so like that's kind of what I really like about the Robert Pattinson Batman because despite me not being able to see him as that Bruce Wayne playboy, I think he's really good for a year two Batman where he's really heavily invested in this crime fighting um, vigilantism that he's doing. And, and it, like, it's just so perfect. The um, another thing I'm really curious about your opinion though, is what did you think about the, the flight suit? I thought it was actually, I thought it was cool because I think we're going to see a progression um, throughout the next, uh, I think we're, we're set up for a trilogy um, with Robert Pattinson at this point. But Really? Um, 
I oh, think yeah. so. I know that there's a second movie for sure, but I don't know a hundred percent if there's a third uh, that's already been um, kind of confirmed. Um, but I, I think we're going to see uh, because of that flight suit, I think we're going to see a progression in the next movie where it'll be more like Christian Bale's uh, suit where he uses like the electrified gloves to uh, harden the cape and fly mm-hmm. like that. I think he's yeah. going to like learn from what happened in that scene uh, and sort of improve on that. But I, I also think the same thing in regards to what you were saying about him not really having that playboy kind of persona that uh, Bruce Wayne is typically known for to sort of cover um, for his, uh, like himself being Batman. Um, just with the way the movie ended, I think, I think he's going to feel the need to uh, have Bruce Wayne be more of a public figure as well. Yeah. Um, and he's going to take steps to make, that the persona of Bruce Wayne feel more alive in some way. So I think we're going to see more of him interacting with other people in a, in a more human way than we did in this movie. Um, and just have him kind of open up into this role a little bit more to sort of uh, play the facade on both sides, I guess. Mm-hmm. But I gotta say, I think my absolute favorite part of the movie was the Batmobile reveal. Yeah. Oh my god. So fucking sick. Yeah, that was like kind of an intense scene where, you know, he he does the play dead kind of thing. And then I thought he was still like there in the scene. But then the Batmobile just turns on from around the corner. And it's like, oh, fuck. (laughs) Yeah, just the sound it makes is so fucking good. That's the that, uh, the muscle car, right? The the yeah. Mustang looking. Yeah. 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 It it's it it's yeah. It's really sick. And do we, do we know what kind of car that is? That was retrofit to be. I'm, uh... I'm not a car guy, to be honest. I I think it pretty much looked like a Mustang. Like, that's my guess. Like I basically, think it was or like maybe a what? 70s Charger. Um, it is a 1968 to 1970 Dodge Charger. Okay. Okay. Yeah. Uh, and that was the frame, but it like when you see it in the movie, Alex, it it is not that car at all. Yeah, it is a, a fucking oh, I'm seeing picture. I'm seeing pictures of it right now, and this this car is fucking crazy. You gotta looking. hear it though. You gotta hear it though. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> it's best best Batmobile by far. Oh, 100%. I percent. I yeah, I was still like the Tumblr more. Oh, really? Uh, I was going to say I didn't like the Tumblr. No, the Tumblr is bullshit. I love the Tumblr. Especially since the Tumblr is just like, it's not even a one of a kind thing. It's a military vehicle. In in The Dark Knight Rises, you see other Tumblrs on the street. Which is why I didn't care for it. That is the exact reason why I didn't care. It wasn't... Yes, it was unique to Bruce Wayne and and all the stuff he added to it and all the modifications he made to it. But it wasn't. It didn't have Batmobile feel to me. Batmobile has, I mean, since the '60s, has always been a car, not a not a fucking tank. That's fair. Leave I the like tanks it. for video games. Leave give for Batman needs to drive a fucking souped up muscle car. And this this new Batmobile that does it for me. I'm actually kind of half hard right now yeah. looking at it. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> honestly, <laughs> like I liked the Tumblr because it was a lot like 
how I think the Batmobile is in in stuff like the Arkham games, for example. Yeah, uh, right. where it has right. like all of these gadgets and it's, it's capable of doing all of these things, and it is essentially like an absolute tank. It, it can't really be stopped in any way. Um, and I get where you guys are coming from, like that it was a military vehicle, that, like it wasn't put into production, and when the city got taken over, they obviously raided Wayne Tower and took whatever uh, they had left over, but. I think I think I like it more because of the way it was used in the Dark Knight, um, and just how how menacing it was compared to like everything else we had sort of seen from the Batmobile. It wasn't like a slick looking car with wings. That was just like a little comic booky and goofy. Like what? Like what is it? Well, Batman sixty four, the one with a really fucking long, uh, like twenty yeah. foot. Like I, I don't like that. And I, I know <laughs> yeah. that it's more comic book accurate, but well, it doesn't feel like it's it's like it feels too cartoony for Batman. I'll agree with you there, but let me put it into per, like my, my perspective for you is the way I see Ben Affleck's Tumblr is Iron Man's Hulkbuster is like it serves like one purpose, and that's like the big guns. But I really don't see him using that and it being versatile in like any way and i think that what we've seen with um even ben affleck's car is just a lot more practical in my opinion actually mm-hmm. i i prefer the the bvs um batmobile to the tumbler even though they're like what remarkably that like? similar uh, no, I don't like... know. I mean, the Batman vs. Superman one was more like it looked like a more realistic version of the like Batman sixty four. Yeah, Batmobile. that's yeah. I see that it, too. It have like yeah, like it had the longer the longer yeah. ends and everything, but it was more armored and like it it wasn't goofy looking. I, I swear, I had a Hot Wheels car that looked exactly like that. <laughs> I mean, it's better than than the. Uh... 1989 Batmobile, which was practically a fucking train with. It looks like a train with with car paneling on it here. Uh, that's I think that's the one that I've been thinking of, not the '64 Batmobile. The '64 Batmobile was the one with yeah. the open hood, like it was like yeah. a kind of similar to the uh, Pattinson Batmobile, but it just had like an open hood and the the big yellow Batman logo on the front of it. Yeah, I think it was a uh, an Impala, maybe. One sec. <laughs> a Chevy Impala. Damn, <laughs> <laughs> killing it. That's uh, <laughs> I mean, maybe they were better cars back in the day. I don't know. Like that's the original Batmobile. Yeah, I was definitely thinking of the uh, the of the eighty eighty nine. Yeah. <laughs> What? Ollie, you good, buddy? <laughs> Come on, not again. I think we just we give him a second here. Uh, maybe check your tabs, Ollie. Yeah, make dude, sure you check got... all your tabs. Make sure you got all those tabs closed. All your porn. Close all your porn. So much. <laughs> Taking all the bandwidth. measure, but what what okay is it good now yes yeah okay 
No, I, I, I forgot to mention that I checked Task Manager before and it was completely fine. Um, and yeah, I will be getting a Wi-Fi booster in the next little while here, so hopefully it'll get better. Oh, nice. But everything, everything on my end is off. If the na if the upstairs neighbors are doing something, then that could be what it is. But anyways, continue. I don't remember where we were at. Oh, we were uh, talking about the Batmobiles. Yeah. Um, Ollie, you were you were starting to say something about uh, like why it is you don't like the Tumblr. And then you kind of got cut off there by your uh, internet. Okay. Um, yeah, the Tumblr, in my opinion, it just, it's kind of like overkill. It is, it, it kind of resembles for me, like, I don't know if you guys remember the beginning of the Dark, Dark Knight, where you're hitting all those uh, henchmen in the uh, park, and he's just trying to, like, fight everybody. And he kind of complains to was it lucius or alfred that like he doesn't have range of motion he's he's like having to turn his whole body because he can't turn his neck to to fight the next guy right mm -hmm. and that to me is kind of like what the tumblr personifies it's just it's archaic it's just it's a whole lot of like technology but it's just overkill and it needs to be like slimmed down and and whatnot and well, i, I mean... think no, sorry. Carry on. I'll I'll make that point afterwards. No, okay. I was gonna say, um, like, as as tanky as that that thing is, it's still quite nimble. Yeah. Right. Yeah. I I still didn't like the design at the very least. Oh no, it's ugly. I'm <laughs> I'll be the first to say it. It is an ugly Batmobile. The tumbler was ugly as fuck. There was nothing appealing about it, except that it looked like a tank, and at that time was kind of cool, but it's that's not a proper Batmobile. It's not. That's fair. I think a lot of why I also like it is because it's, um, like a lot of the things in the uh, Nolan trilogy, it was practical. Uh, like, it was fully functional, um, even to the extent of the rockets uh, that it was able to uh, to fire. Uh, the right. only issue with it was that it was slightly too large to be uh, driven in a lane, so it wasn't road legal. Oh. Right. But yeah, they, they do like actually exist, and they are actually drivable and uh, capable of being loaded with weapons. Wait, like the Tumblr that we saw there is a real vehicle that like yeah. exists? Yeah, like it, they were legitimately driving it around in the scenes that they were driving it, for the most part, I think. Oh, and I like, always thought that it was just like CGI parts of it, or I don't know. I didn't really think that they built no. that kind of like monstrosity for the movie, no, or they did, or that it existed. <laughs> That's news to me because a lot of uh, a lot of the stuff that they did in in the uh, Dark Knight trilogy was practical <clears throat> effects. There was uh, very very few things that we actually saw in terms of uh, like the destruction in that movie uh, or in those movies a lot of it was practical effects what um, about what about when he attached himself to the plane overhead and flew out i'm actually like not sure away. about that scene. that actually happened with like a stunt man no with christian bale really really he pulled no. a Tom Cruise. <laughs> no, okay. I was gonna be like, damn, that's fucking nuts. No, the only say, person crazy enough to do that is Tom Cruise. 
Yeah, and I'm pretty sure for the next Mission Impossible movie, he's going to space to film for that. Shut up. So, yeah, I heard about it like a month or two ago. He's, or it's, it might not be the next one. I think they're planning on like three more or something like that. But one of them, he's going to go. He's going to keep making action movies until he can't fucking move anymore. And even then, he'll just fucking, he'll sit on like an old man scooter and like, but it'll be like a ramped up one that goes like 120 miles per hour. (laughs) Oh, so just like, just like we saw in uh, uh, Boba Fett with those. No, no, those only go (laughs) 10 miles per hour. (laughs) (laughs) So we're going to see him in a Star Wars movie when Star Wars becomes real no, like live action. (laughs) That would be so weird seeing Tom Cruise in Star Wars. (laughs) I don't know if I like that. I mean, it would depend on what he's doing, what he's playing. He wouldn't be a Jedi or a Sith. He'd be a smuggler or a bounty hunter. Not Mandalorian, but like more. Yeah, I could see that. I feel like he'd be more along the lines of of a Han-style character. Hmm. Ooh, so they're just going (laughs) to throw him a character to butcher so everyone hates him. Well, I'm not (laughs) saying he should be Han Solo. I'm saying he should be a smuggler. Yeah, <laughs> I know. Han Solo's twin. Um, okay. Not even. Not even. <laughs> let's, let's, <laughs> let's let's go See? a little bit. Careful, Ollie. You're you're killing Ryan. <laughs> let's go. Let's go a little bit back towards Batman. I'm curious, Ryan. What did you think of uh, Jim Gordon? I I honestly thought that this was his best adaptation so far. I really liked him. Even more yeah. so than Gary Oldman? Yep. Yeah, Gary Oldman was really good, but this Gordon was very much, like, down in the trenches. Like, mm-hmm. I get that... Who who, uh, who played Gordon this time around? It was... Uh, uh, the, the guy that was from remember. The Hunger Games. He was in a Hunger Games movie. He's also a writer. He's a huge Is he a writer? writer. One second. Yeah. I got I, he, he's been in something else that was, like, semi-recent that... I can't remember off the top of my head, but I think I recognize him from like the second and third Hunger Games movie. Jeffrey um, Wright. Jeffrey Wright, yeah. And I felt his Gordon was really was really really interesting. Um, you know, the Gordon we saw in The Dark Knight with Christian Bale was, um, yeah, like he was he was pretty involved, but I felt like this Gordon was a lot more of a foot soldier than that Gordon. Like it's definitely, it's year two. So he's, you know, he's a younger Gordon and I don't, yeah, I think he was already, um, I don't think he's quite the rank that he is in. No, um, he, he wasn't a commissioner. Yeah. He's not a commissioner. I think was the, uh, the commissioner. commissioner. Yeah. His, his old partner is the, is the commissioner. Yeah, that's right. What was he then detective or. Uh, I think so. Yeah, um, I think he was I'm, I'm not too sure if they like actually specified what his uh, his role was. Yeah, um, but he, I, he really was like in the trenches with Batman at almost every turn, and like they worked together pretty closely. Yeah, he also regardless of his involvement with the the police department. Yeah. yeah, he also played Batman in an audio podcast series. Oh, interesting! Really? Legit. That's cool. Oh, that is really Legit. cool. Shit, back in so he knows he knows the character. So we're getting people that are 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 loving the character. And I don't know if you guys saw, but there's a new um, Riddler comic that's coming out that's actually written by Paul Dano. Really? Yeah. Oh shit! It was it it was just posted on Instagram the other day through um I think the Batman Instagram page or something like that. 
but um yeah so you know we're getting people that are actually like in love with the content so i really like to see that when when people do have a history with it um yeah that's awesome but that's yeah pretty crazy. Like, yeah going back to what ryan said about how involved he is with the gcpd in general like the batman um yeah i was kind of like impressed because i think christian bale's batman like really didn't like people getting up close to him and like seeing you know even like his face in a cowl but in the batman with robert pattinson like he's up and front and center in like gcpd and like walking around like with crowds well, I mean, of cops staring at him and everything like so so was i mean the batman from from the animated series and as well as a, a whole bunch of comic runs he was very much intertwined yeah. with gcpd yeah he was he don't... was very much a detective right just yeah. without that but status. i'm saying that i'm saying that like we haven't seen that with live action oh no we haven't memory. yeah like Christian, like Christian Bale was like not involved Far at all. He it. was a he was a very mysterious person. But I mean, they kind of all were. Any any other Batman film, like they're the only interaction between Batman slash um, Bruce Wayne with GCPD was strictly through Gordon, mm -hmm. always on the rooftop with at the light. Right, like there was never Batman didn't really stroll into GCPD headquarters all that often. Yeah. And, and yeah, now that you mentioned, you know, the, the light is, um, so this, this movie, they don't have the bat signal light on the top of the GCPD headquarters. It's on top of some derelict under construction or like abandoned construction, like building. Oh, yeah. Um, so again, it just, it's like a very early Batman Gordon relationship where they don't have the trust of the GCPD yet. I thought and, maybe you were going to you know, tell me he had a pager and they would just <laughs> just pager you know, right, right on that phone. I think that's just <laughs> the way they communicated. Oh, but oh, speaking of man. speaking of technology, okay, Ryan, I want your opinion on this. I think the one. Mm -hmm. dumb Why don't you want my opinion on this? Because <laughs> you're not okay. Cool your opinion as well. I <laughs> but. But there's one scene that I felt like was really dumb from a guy who should know about security um, is uh, when they got the USB stick and Jim Gordon just fucking throws it into his GCPD computer, his personal fucking computer. And, <laughs> yeah. and it just uploads like a virus immediately that sends out with his own personal email to like everyone notable in Gotham. And it was like, I was just cringing at that because I'm just like, even I would know not to plug in a fucking random serial killer's USB stick into my own personal <laughs> computer. Yep. But I, I mean, like, <laughs> like, I think that was the only scene that I was just like cringing at. But yeah, I just like, when, when you see that scene, like, I don't know, I was, I was a little bit shocked that they did that. I'm just like, I would, <laughs> especially Batman of all people who, who, you know, has the Batcave technology and all that shit. And we've seen him in, in comics and in animation that he's very like security heavy. And he's just like, yeah, Gordon, just go fucking right ahead and plug that in. Honestly, like even the first <laughs> time that we see Robert Pattinson without the cowl on, he is doing like deep research into a crime scene in the bad cave with like all of this super advanced technology and they decide yeah. to just like plug this shit into a random ass laptop <laughs> that belongs to one of them in a parkade 
So, yeah, that, that was the one scene that, yeah, I like, agree. I, I had a slight issue with it. Yeah, it's That's just, it was up. so apparent to me. And I'm, yeah, I'm pretty sure <laughs> if you were to do that, you would get a computer that wasn't hooked up to any personal accounts. Or yeah, it was like a burner of some kind. Try to open it that way. Like, yeah. <laughs> But, it was a little yeah, strange, but it's not yeah. bad. Like, I, I can't think of any other single scene in that movie that felt even slightly out of place, aside from that one instance. Yeah, I agree. Like, like yeah. So you you definitely agree then that throughout this whole movie, like the thing was done really well. There wasn't any scene that didn't like move the story forward. Or, or explain some aspect of Gotham. Like, every scene was there for a purpose, and nothing felt like it was overdone or, like, underdone. Truly, yeah. At, at first, uh, like, in a car chase scene, uh, when we first see the Batmobile, um, when it ended and he sort of captured uh, Penguin... Um, at first, I thought that was slightly, like, cut short. Um, it, it kind of all came around at the end of the movie, and you understand, uh, like, what happened and why uh, it ended the way it ended. But at the time, I felt like that was just, uh, um, like, something that they had kind of forgotten about. Uh, I don't know if you have the same feeling. Like, it, it, you know the scene that I'm talking about where they have him, like, tied up? Um, wait, sorry. <laughs> repeat the context uh, again? Like, after the car chase, uh, when they capture oh. Penguin and they're interrogating him yeah. about the, the code, and they just sort of leave him there. <laughs> uh, and then, uh, like... I, I thought that that seemed a little strange, considering like they they definitely had grounds to arrest him on the spot, considering yeah. what that car chase caused. Um, but like it came it came together at the end of the movie in a way that uh, leaves the rest of Gotham to be fleshed out in a very uh, Batman way. Like there's a there's a lot of room for. Uh, for the power hierarchy to change by the time the movie ends. Yeah, but at the same time, you know that they're making a TV show. Sorry, buddy, oh, you just, sorry, you're cutting you. out there. I didn't catch it. Yeah. Yeah, you know. They're making a what? TV show? Yeah, you had uh, you had mentioned that um, was it over text or did you say that uh, in the last episode that there was like a penguin show and a Catwoman show that are in the works? Yeah, not to mention there's a new Arkham Asylum show that got announced too. Oh, okay. Yeah, so huh. I'm I'm a little bit, you know, kind of skeptical because I don't like that, you know. I, I'm seeing this, you know. We're I think we're seeing this with this next phase of Marvel that like not all the shows can carry that kind of, that level of dedication and effort. And mm -hmm. you know, Peacemaker is you know was is an exception. That's a DC movie that they did a TV show that was quite good. 
Um, but you know, having three shows come off this one movie is like a little bit much to chew on and i'm a little bit skeptical that we're not going to be able to see that evolution in gotham but what i hope they end up doing is that every movie that we see gotham in is kind of gonna like change gotham drastically in the sense that like i don't know if you guys remember in batman begins versus the dark knight it was like there were like monorails in the city that they just kind of like forgot about mm-hmm. in the dark night and like those no longer existed like i'm not talking like infrastructure is going to change um necessarily but more of like you won't see the 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 kind of evolution that happens it'll just be like oh there's new players in town and like that's it because all that stuff will happen in the tv show and nothing yeah. in the tv show is necessarily going to affect anything in the movie except for when the tv show ends it's probably going to be you know oh that char- that's why that character exists in the movie so if you wanted to figure out where that character came from it would be from the tv show and that's the right. way i kind of see them doing that and yeah, you're you're right. It is exactly like what Marvel's doing. And for people that are watching the Marvel shows and the movies in tandem and keeping up to date on all of those things, it's great. But they they still have to cater to their theatrical audience uh, in a way that makes it so that the TV shows are easily tied in and you don't really need to watch them. So I totally get where you're coming from. Like they 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 can't really develop too much um in these TV shows because they have to cater to the audience that's only watching the movies. It's unfortunate cuz I think yeah. that's uh like if they just were able to carry uh the story throughout the TV shows and then pick it back up with the movies but be able to reasonably um say that the majority of their audience has seen uh everything regarding this franchise uh that would be great but i I just i don't think that's uh something that they can realistically do yeah Um, yeah peacemaker though uh really quickly um i was reading an article the other day that apparently the reason why henry cavill wasn't able to appear at that end scene was because netflix technically owns the rights to his face uh because of the witcher and thus he wasn't able to appear in uh in like a different um streaming service thing Okay, that's that's kind of shitty because that's the exact same fucking thing that basically happened when they had to CGI his mustache off him because what was it Mission Impossible was like yeah, he couldn't shave his mustache because he's filming this movie and like <laughs> yeah. Like it just looked so weird. Yeah, and then at least they got him for the reshoots and he didn't have the mustache then when, you know, the Zack Snyder cut came out and that was a lot better, but I remember mm-hmm. seeing when the Joss Whedon dark uh fucking justice league movie came out it's called justice league justice league uh and garbage and like you could (laughs) you could tell like he almost looked like his his upper lip was like three feet longer than it should have been because they were (laughs) they needed that they needed to add extra space to like remove the mustache properly or something like that and Mm -hmm. it just looked super strange i uh i won't lie I didn't notice. Really? 
in, in, in Justice obvious. League. I didn't okay. notice at all, not even a little bit. Mm-hmm. It was weeks, weeks after when I read the whole, they CG'd his mustache off. And I'm like, what are you talking about? He didn't have a fucking mustache. I think the and then, one like, scene... I go back to watch it, and I'm like, I still don't, I still don't see it. And then I can kind of see it, and I'm like, I don't know, I didn't notice it. Like, how's it really that big a deal? I, I think the one scene that I remember seeing it the most was when they first revived him, and they were at his like burial plot, and he was doing that slow mo like look to turn at Barry Allen that was like running mm-hmm. beside him, and that <laughs> and like just the way he twisted his face, it was like very obvious that he had like more upper lip than like, or not upper lip, but like that space in between your nose and your lip, and it was just like elongated and he kind of looked like a like a duck or something and yeah yeah like it sort of protruded out of his face a little bit it was almost like they they took they took lips and put them over top of the mustache (laughs) on the top (laughs) half of his face only Mm -hmm. it was super weird like i i noticed it right away when he yeah yeah so i haven't seen the whedon cut since because i'm like i'm just gonna wait for another batman or superman movie to come out and you know, then I there's, rewatched. There's no need to ever watch Justice League. Ever. Yeah. That movie, yeah. as far as I'm concerned, no longer exists. Yeah. Mm-hmm. For me, it's the Zack Snyder cut of the Justice League that's three hours long. And we'll just call so. we'll just we'll just call that Justice League. Yeah. Just because yeah. that the Justice League, the real MVP. That's right. Four hours of just justice. <laughs> justice. <laughs> And yeah. league, <laughs> so much league, so much league. <laughs> um, how do you? Uh, I was gonna ask this earlier, and then you guys went off on a, a peacemaker thing there. How do you? How did you find the action in this movie, Ryan? How did you find like the uh, the fighting and whatnot? I thought it was um, scarce but good. There wasn't a lot of scenes where uh, he was just beating the shit out of people, and I, I kind of liked that in contrast to Christian Bale's Batman, where the majority of the times we see him in costume, he's just beating the shit out of people. <laughs> um, but this movie put a, a lot more of an emphasis on the detective aspect of the character, and the um, the actual fighting kind of took a back seat uh, because of that. Um, and it was... Like there definitely was a good couple of fight scenes, and the ones that uh, that they had were very well done, and the choreography was quite good. Um, but they they kind of attempted to, uh, in my opinion, they attempted to uh, to give it a backseat just to develop the character more, and I think it turned out really well because of it. Awesome. Do you agree with that, Ollie? What do you think? Yeah. Yeah, you know, I didn't really consider that it was so scarce because the rest of the movie just, like, fills in so well that I didn't even, like, miss the action scenes. But when they did do them, like, I mean, you're greeted with one basically, like, right at the beginning of the movie where he's Mm -hmm. just beating up. Beating up what? Oh, wow. And, And he just... I think there's like a baseball bat that he takes at one point from somebody and just fucking like bashes right. someone in the head. You cut out on, on my end when you're like beating up and then like you just went blank. Okay. Mm-hmm. Yeah, no, he's he's beating up this like gang. I don't know. I don't really recognize who that gang was, but they were wearing like face paint. Um, yeah, they were wearing like Joker paint. 
that's kind of what I was tr- Is thinking. that the, the bit from the trailer where he just yeah. like mm-hmm. pretty much kills that guy on the spot? <laughs> yeah, and then yeah. he stands up and he's like, I'm vengeance. That, yeah. that scene. It's like 10 yeah. minutes into the movie. Ooh. Yeah, yeah. Like, yeah, that whole opening scene of the movie ends with they, basically him beating them up. Do they, I was going to say, do, do they rush him? Is there more to the fight or do they just like oh, back yeah. off? Oh, yeah. The, well, there's more to the fight. Oh, yeah. The, can't wait. Yeah. There's like one guy at the end who was kind of like, I guess it was like his initiation to beat up that guy. Um, that guy just like looks at him and runs away. So we kind of presume that maybe he's had second thoughts about being with this gang or whatever. But um, yeah, like that scene, like right away, it kind of satisfies you for like most of the movie because Ryan is right. It's mostly on the detective aspect. And um, yeah, it's it's just really well done when he does do it. The choreography is great, but that's when you realize like, that's not really what you're in the movie for. Right. Mm -hmm. And that scene alone really does a good job of setting the tone for the rest of the film. Um, In, in the way that like this gang is following some guy so they can beat him up and rob him. And uh, when uh, Batman comes in and uh, beats the shit out of all these guys and they run off, um, the person that he was saving, I guess, more or less does the same thing. He just, like, he's in a corner trying to back up as close to the wall as possible and just runs off as soon as he gets the opportunity. And it just shows that at this point, he he hasn't done anything to show that he is the hero. He is simply there to to instill fear in everybody. And make sure that they know that he is watching, essentially. Right, which you don't get a whole lot of in a, in previous Batman iterations, with the exception of Ben Affleck's Batman. Mm-hmm. Like, like Batman was meant to be feared, not not just oh look out, here comes Batman. No, people shit their pants when Batman arrived on scene because he was just a brutal motherfucker. Yeah, mm-hmm. and and mind you in this early stage of Batman's career, when you're in Gotham city and you're being like followed and harassed and like maybe even be like with the threat of being beaten up or even killed the thing on your mind, when you see somebody, you know, like player three enter the game is like, Oh, that guy must be my savior. You're either probably thinking it's another fucking member of the gang or like someone high up, like, like um, a mob member or even the Joker themselves. Who's just out for like fun, you know? So when you see a dude that you don't really recognize come out of the shadows and start beating everybody up, you're like pissing your pants because like what new horror has come to greet you? you know yeah (laughs) that's really what the movie feels like the entire way through until like the very end um but that all ties into i think the progression we're gonna see over the course of this uh three movie saga and just how how he changes to to meet the needs of the city yeah but you're gonna love him man you're gonna fucking i was gonna say this sounds fucking awesome i'm all about it Okay, here's here's one more thing I'm curious about, Ryan. So near the end of the movie, um, you know, in the in the stadium, they are um, there's a lot of fighting going on on the catwalk, and Batman is knocked down, <laughs> and he fucking injects himself with like this green serum. Then I think it was green. Yes, that was my thought of what it was, especially since it woke him right the fuck up, and he basically went like ape shit. 
Did yeah. he grow? Did he grow or did he just go fucking insane? No, um, he just went insane, I think. There might have been mm -hmm. like veins on his face or something like that. Like his veins. Oh, maybe some more. sort of early venom. Yeah, so like I yeah, so like you caught that scene, Ryan, right? Oh yeah. I, I was thinking kind of the same thing, but they they put such an emphasis on a different type of drug in uh in like throughout this movie that I don't know if maybe that drug is what eventually became venom in like a more refined way. Um, mm -hmm. But I, I feel like, I feel like it has something to do with it. Uh, okay. and, uh, I, I don't know. I mean, I, I initially did think it was venom as well. And I think it's still a very real possibility, but I, I'm not sure if what the I fuck is Batman doing with it. it. Yeah, that's that's yeah. more what I'm thinking as well. Like, I, I think he would know enough about it to not use it, but I, I'm not sure. I, I definitely need to do a little bit of digging on that and uh, and find out like what what they've said in regards to that scene. Yeah, here's here's kind of my thought with it that either mm -hmm. it's something that's going to be explained more when they inevitably talk about you know Batman's training or something. Maybe it's something from there, like. Um, or it's going to be something like Wayne Tech, where Lucius gave it to him, or something like that, and that's just going to be the, yeah. they're kind of into like <clears throat> Lucius, and maybe even like I doubt they would because they did it with The Dark Knight Rises, but maybe even get into like the whole Bane thing and like just people juicing up with that shit. Mm -hmm. but... It's really hard to say where they're going to go with this. There were so many character introductions and. Um, just like things that they've said um, post uh, release about future films and how they're intentionally not going to use certain uh, villains that they introduce in the next film, um, like for certain. I, I don't know if you've seen that interview and I don't want to spoil the reveal for Alex because it's pretty good. Uh, but like right before the credits roll, mm -hmm. um, when, when the Riddler's uh, in prison yeah um they they've said that they're not going to use that character in the next movie at least like not really? in, a, in a pivotal role and i, I, I kind of like that i kind of like that yeah I, I feel like it, it might be a little too early and i also think that batman isn't the reason he's in there yet yeah yeah you're right i think there needs to be a little bit more history with that character first that they need to kind of develop on the side um and i think there's a lot more or not a, i don't know why i'm saying the sentence that way i think there are other characters that they could really develop or do another take again from previous batman movies or ones that even haven't been in batman movies to to do you know mm -hmm. i agree and like even even a character like rachel ghoul could appear in in this uh like in a second or third film, because we really didn't get much in the way of backstory in this movie. There was like yeah. maybe three or four different scenes where they kind of talk about uh, like the backstory of his parents dying and him taking out the mantle, but they never really discuss his actual combat training and like uh, all of that uh, yeah. that they went through in Batman Begins. Like it, there just is no time in this movie where it's brought up at all aside yeah, from which like I, one thing alfred says but which i kind of like because 
you know, on, on one hand, it could very easily be something like, oh, it was the League of Shadows that trained him. We just don't want to, like, go into that anymore because it's not really relevant to the story we're trying to tell. And I could totally see that, mm -hmm. and I wouldn't mind it if they didn't do it. But at the very least, I think they need to acknowledge um, where he got his training and why he decided to be all vigilante about it instead of a philanthropist like his father. Mm -hmm. So um, they're definitely going to touch on it, especially with the whole theme of it being Gotham's corruption and how his father is involved and, you know, even his mother's family. Mm -hmm. So um, I think going forward, any villain we see would have some ties to Gotham's corruption. And the way I could see them do that is to have them be somewhat involved with like the Wayne Corporation. Because I don't think they mention much in the movie, but typically the Wayne Corporation has always been the kind of, like, diamond in the rough, right? Like, it's it's kind of like the one steady income and corporation that exists where everyone else is in, like, poverty if they don't work for Wayne, right? Yeah, so... it does seem like that. And then, the, like, the, the company in the past attempted to make moves to help those that were living in poverty and, like, yeah um we see that in a lot of different takes on batman where uh thomas wayne was more or less viewed as the savior of the city in some regard uh and he was like looking out for the little guy um and like all that kind of thing uh but yeah i just think that uh that it, everything about this batman is slightly too real in a lot of the way that they've presented him so far that i think mr freeze is just just a little too out there he's a, he's a little too fantastical of a villain to uh to seamlessly integrate into this universe oh right and who would you who would well. you even who would you even get to play mr freeze in this particular universe yeah. i have no idea i'm not gonna I, lie. I actually don't know Arnold Schwarzenegger Arnold. <laughs> was not a was not a good fucking choice back in Batman Forever or Batman and Robin or whichever fucking movie that was. Yeah. Batman and Robin because it was with George Clooney. Yeah. Um But hey, that's like one of her one uh, of his most famous roles apart from Commando slash Terminator slash Predator. So Yeah, mm -hmm. con and considering how they, you know, had this movie play out with which which was a lot like seven in my eyes you know it's a thriller they're they're going to crime scenes they're trying to figure out who the killer is it's almost it's almost to me like they're going to use villains that you can really see like a crime spree happening and them kind of like getting closer and closer to the real crime so i could see i don't know maybe am i thinking of the right person maybe something like as mundane as calendar man they can make into a, a really um convincing like uh what's the word i'm looking for uh investigation where they're just like trying to put two and two together and be like okay this guy's clearly killing on like specific dates or something like that um it won't just be something like victor zaz who just fucking stabs people and kills them and adds you know a scar to his face because that's just going to be like way too obvious it's going to be they're going to turn, like, they could even do Firefly or something, you know? An arsonist mm -hmm. who's, setting, who's setting fire to buildings, and they're slowly going to, like, building to building, trying to figure it out. Um, you know, stuff like that. And if yeah. they want to do one-off characters, 
I could totally, you know, in in the MCU, whenever they do like a one-off character and they don't develop that character further, it's it always feels kind of like a disappointment. But in mm-hmm. this, I could totally see them being like um at the beginning of the movie there's like a little 10 minute thing where maybe he's like fighting Victor Zaz and like throwing him behind bars or something like that and then they get onto the real villain who's a lot more compelling like Riddler where they 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 could carry it through the whole movie so that's what i think they're going to focus on they're they're going to pick characters that you can really hone in on and develop their motivation and um not just be like oh they're just a crazed serial killer like that's uninteresting in this version of batman you know what they're gonna do now is they're gonna pick really estranged characters from batman 66 like king tut (laughs) well well i think that's why they're kind of like picking hush to go with because i'm guessing it's like two things that he hasn't really been you know seen in live action and the other thing is that he is a very corruption-centered Bruce Wayne family-related villain. So, yeah, that's that's probably what they're going to do for the second movie. I could see them using, um, what's his name, Owlman. Uh, he's like more or less the reverse of Batman where he, uh, I think he idolized him to some degree and then like something happened and he's uh, a criminal. Um, but he does essentially what Batman does for for like the police and the, the people of Gotham, but for the criminal element of it, where he'll support them and he'll give them like tip offs on um, like where to to find certain people or like what to do to uh, kind of work in tandem with the conspiracy like the Riddler was uh, and sort of show that not everybody is what they appear to be but normally i think he's a joke character in the comics um but i think with uh like if they introduced him in a way to directly contrast batman in that sense they could do a really good job of uh of building that character Mm -hmm. just like essentially having kind of fighting himself in a way yeah yeah so like yeah, like going back to like why Mr. Freeze wouldn't be in the in in the movie. It's like those are two kind of fantastical characters. Like same with Poison Ivy. If they kind of threw her in, like I don't think they would do it in any way that it would be better when they did it in like Batman Forever, was it? Yeah. That one was also Batman and that Robin. One, yeah, that one was also Batman and Robin, you're right. Yeah, yeah, like I don't see them really pulling it off like that like leave that to kind of the mcu i think dc should really focus on the more realistic gritty uh characters i agree i definitely agree it would it would be so out of place for a character like poison ivy or i don't know just like so many of his other rogues that just have powers it, it just doesn't it feels out of place to have them in this universe so yep. clayface then <laughs> oh i think there <laughs> was a weird one the man bat Okay, I that think was, there was was there not an interview where they were talking about Clayface and doing him? I don't know. I think I'm that was sure. actually like I think that was actually the rumor when this movie was being made that people were thinking Clayface was going to be involved. I feel like that was a thing. I could hmm. be thinking about maybe one of the the Christian Bale movies, but um Well, you know yeah, what? Maybe I, maybe we take away take away Mr. Freeze and how about we just throw in Captain Cold instead? 
<laughs> I mean, yeah. yeah. But that's more of a Flash rogue than Batman. That's still DC. Yeah, I suppose. You know what? Fuck it. Let's have Batman fighting Darkseid. Oh. <laughs> yeah, just get a sense. fucking... Bring like... back Steppenwolf. <laughs> yeah, like a world-ending fucking character. Okay, Steppenwolf, I, I really didn't care for that character, to be honest. No one really cares for your character, to be honest. Thank you. I, mean, I liked him in, in the... Uh... In the in Snyder movie. cut. Oh yeah, yeah, the Snyder cut. He was a lot more like fleshed out, but in but the still, Josh Whedon cut was no. He still does kind of just feel like a like a build up villain. Like I, I almost could see him in a standalone Superman movie as like the end villain, and it would still be more or less as compelling as a character. Um, but like the the use of his setup for. <laughs> the potential of more films was really cool and his uh like being with dark side and uh being outcasted from um whatever that planet is called apocalypse or whatever uh, um i thought yeah. that was cool but it's just like as, as a character i didn't think he was overly interesting mm-hmm. no not at all i was just throwing random villains with powers out there just to <laughs> ruffle some feathers uh, any closing thoughts on the Batman? Go and watch it. Like, yeah. just fucking go and watch it. I am considering going to watch it again because I don't think there's really anything in theaters right now that I want to watch. No, and there probably won't be for a while, to be honest. Yeah, not until, when is it, April that Doctor Strange comes out? May. May? I think. May? Oh, fuck. Okay, well, I, I, I have that subscription to whatever uh cineplex so i gotta use my free ticket once a month cineplex (laughs) i don't have a landmark in the city that i'm in oh don't speak their name there are two don't don't speak their name there are two theaters just say the theater one (laughs) one is a cineplex i said don't speak their name what is wrong with you (laughs) the other one is not a cineplex it's what is more of a it's like a it's called the movie mill. It's just like a Ooh, the movie mill. That sounds high wow. class. <laughs> yeah, it's 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 not a big company. It's just a privately owned, like small. It's um, like a they, mom and pop. Yeah, a mom and pop. They they play movies that have been in theaters like two three months back, and then more like foreign <laughs> films and whatnot. Gross. Hmm. What? But um, I think. Just to touch on a little bit, I think one of you earlier was saying that if um, that there's no um, idea f- or there's nothing locked in yet for a sequel to the Batman, I heard just today that they made half a billion worldwide right now. So I feel that's like it? there's a sequel. Yeah, no, I, I would say so. But still, for something that's not MCU, not Avengers, I feel like that's huge for a superhero movie. Mm-hmm. And I could be wrong that it, that wasn't worldwide. That was just domestic or something. But like, I saw five hundred million, and I was like, "Okay, there's going to be a sequel, one hundred percent." Well, I think like we we have confirmation that there's going to be a second, but I don't know about a third. Yeah, that's true. You got to make it a trilogy. You can't just do two movies and fuck off. Yeah. I agree, and I hope they oh. keep the same like three-ish hour runtime uh, for the next movies as well. Well, hopefully they're uh, just as well written going forward. Yeah, definitely. 
All right, that is enough about things I have no opinion on. <laughs> <laughs> Considering we filled more or less the first hour with all of that. Um, I'm going to leave it up to our listeners here to see if they can figure out where the jank is. If they can find my edit. That's, <laughs> that's, my, that's my challenge. Because uh, Craig did fuck us. And I don't think that you guys are going to hear it. I'm gonna put my, <laughs> I'm gonna put my editing prowess to the to the test. There, you're probably gonna hear it. it's probably gonna be janky as fuck, but that's okay. Um, you know what? Let's touch on let's touch on Miss Marvel. Sure. Okay. Um, and then, depending on how much time we got left, I might close out with uh, with some thoughts on Kenobi. Mm-hmm. Um, but. Yeah, Miss Marvel. So I, I just recently watched uh, the trailer, like most folks did uh, yesterday, probably. Um, I don't have too many reservations, apart from the fact that I'm a little disappointed that they've retconned her abilities and have turned it into something else entirely. However... We don't 100% know that it's going to be this cosmic energy thing, or if she's going to have both, or this is just a stepping stone until she grows into her powers. Um, But uh, to touch back traditionally, and by traditional, I mean, like, Miss Marvel isn't, she's still a fairly new character as far as the spectrum of Marvel goes. Um, And is the first um, Muslim female character, female hero uh, in the Marvel lineup. Uh, And uh, originally her powers, hold on, I know it was, she got them from some sort of mist, gas, one second, I should have done all of this, got this ready before we... I think think Mr. Fantastic farted on her and like, she just (laughs) kind of absorbed that. Yeah, (laughs) same powers, must be connected. (laughs) Yeah, let's not Let's just not. Like, ever. Uh, Terrigen mist that was activated by something called a Terrigen bomb. And this mist gave her powers. Um, Now, she was a young girl when this went down. And I know that she was a super fan of, like, the Avengers and all the heroes and, and, uh, uh, why am I having a rough go of this? Um, Captain Marvel and all them. Um, and from what I understand, in a lot of the uh, in the comic run, what happened is she got gets hit with this mist, went into some sort of uh, like cocoon state, I guess. Um, and was so heavily focused on her heroes, her favorite heroes, and that was like Captain America, Captain Marvel. Um, and a few other people that she sort of took on this this uh, avatar um, of like a <laughs> a blonde white woman who had the ability to kind of stretch it. And I believe the term is embiggen. She could, you know, super big fists and super stretchy, and she could do all kinds of cool stuff. Um, and they seem to have retcon that with this with this series with some sort of 
I think what we theorized, uh, Ryan, was a, a Cree bla- uh, bracelet. Yeah, something kind of like that. Just like from the way it looked in the trailer. Right, which gives her the ability to... Um, what was the word I used earlier? Fuck. Uh, project, like a cosmic projection mm-hmm. of either fists or in the, in the trailer you see you're making a shield um, and, and being able to shoot projectiles, I suppose, of this cosmic energy or even create surfaces of which she can walk on, um, which was not at all ever in her original power subset, which is the only thing I take issue with. Is like, I, I get that we've had Reed Richards and Fantastic Four, and they're kind of similar. But why mm-hmm. would you, why change her powers? For, for what, what purpose does that serve exactly? My I think it's like it, it does seem a little out of place. Um, but in the same sense, like as somebody that doesn't know really anything about the character outside of um, the Avengers game that I played a little bit of, I, I don't really have expectations, but it, it does still seem strange for them to, to change her powers altogether. What right. were you going to say, Ollie? Sorry, yeah, I was going to say that um, my thought is that they're doing this because they want to go into more of a connection with Captain Marvel and, you know, have her... Because um, she is a fan of Captain Marvel, and that's why she goes by Miss Marvel. But having her powers more aligned with uh, Captain Marvel would just, I think, do well for the whole Marvel's movie situation that's coming up. I don't think it's necessarily just because it's the same power as Mr. Fantastic and they're planning on introducing him later down the line. I think it's just that they want to align her more with the other Marvels. I still think it's silly. I think it's outrageous. No, I, I, I agree. Yeah, because how many times in both DC and the MCU or just Marvel Comics has there been characters that have overlapping abilities, you know? Right, too many. Yeah, so, yeah, it, it, it seems a little bit weird. It might be just a CGI thing as well, because they don't want to waste that budget on a TV show, and they're planning to introduce this character on the TV show, whereas Mr. Fantastic is going to be on a movie, and they have a larger budget for that kind of CGI. I could see that being the case, too. Um, but I'm I'm curious, you said that that she got her powers through Terrigen Mist. How was that spelt? Or I guess that E R R I G E N. Okay, because as soon as you said that, I remember watching Marvel's Agents of Shield, and in like season five, they all get exposed to that mist. Right, that's how what's her name gets her powers. Sky gets her powers and becomes Quake hmm. because yeah. she's an okay. inhuman. Yes. So um, and so is uh, Kamala Khan. She is also an Inhuman. Yeah. Okay. So uh, what I'm thinking is, are they finally going to introduce Inhumans? Possibly. And to quickly sidestep into uh, another doorway here, um, Nathan and I were were talking earlier. Actually, it was the first thing he said to me um, when I got back from vacation on my first day back to work, not a, not a hi hello or anything like that. It was Xavier. And I'm like, what? He goes, professor Xavier. I'm like, what about him? 
And he goes, he's going to be the reason why um, mutants don't exist right now. And I'm like, how so? And he goes, he used Cerebro to wipe the minds of everybody on the planet. So, like... Of the knowledge of there being mutants on the Earth. And that's the truth that they want to discuss with Doctor Strange. So even even mutants don't understand that they are mutants? Correct. It seems like a very Magneto thing for him to do. Yeah. (laughs) Okay, but what what about the mutants that, like... It's kind of innate, like the the angel dude with the wings in the in in the third X Men movie who Archangel, Archangel, yeah, who like rips. Maybe his he's not around off. right now. Yeah, I mean, but but still, there's been like thousands of years of Inhumans existing because Inhumans goes back to when Kree first came to Earth back in the day when humans were still evolving, right? Sure. So like, I don't know. It just that's really interesting that he could just erase all that. And with yeah. Cerebro, yeah, because you know he's a powerful psychic and all that. But I, I don't know if I believe that that would then suppress, like what Ollie's saying, like uh, a character like Jean Grey, who is capable of just going off the rails in her sleep, or that one guy from uh, X Men First Class whose power is to adapt to like any situation he's in. Like, it's not necessarily a conscious thing for all of them. So I feel like no matter what, something would happen. Like, awesome. I, I, don't think, I don't think that he is, especially at this point, maybe like at the time of Logan, he might have been capable of um, fully like repressing that part of somebody, like a mutant's brain that they weren't capable of using their power. But in, until he is at the point where he is essentially gone insane, I don't think he's capable of doing that. Well, I mean, I'm not saying I, uh, I agree with said theory. It was just a random theory he threw at me. And I was like, yeah, it's a bit far-fetched for me. Mm-hmm. Um, like, but if, <laughs> who fuck knows? Who knows? We don't even know. How are we going to, how exactly are we going to introduce inhumans or mutants to our current MCU standing? And yeah, if that's... Xavier is in Multiverse of Madness, that, that's our introduction. So something's going on. Okay, and, and I'm still curious. Like, do you guys, like, what is the difference between Inhumans and, and Mutants? Like, are they not the same, like, concept? I thought that Inhumans, like, did they not receive their powers, whereas Mutants were born with the gene? But I know in Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. they explained it like you have the gene in you. It's just what their Terrigen mist does is bring it out of you. Whereas maybe mutants, I guess, are like born with it. But that's like that's like in the first X-Men movie where Magneto transforms the senator into the like blob thing. Like he's bringing out the X gene in a regular human and proving that anybody has the potential to become a mutant. But not everybody is born uh, with that gene being active. So they're the same thing, it's just you either got it because you naturally like revealed your powers or you were converted to it with like a outside influence. Yeah, like th- there can be a catalyst that triggers your powers to activate, but some people are just born with that catalyst already happened. Okay, so in, in that case... 
I, in that case, I think they need to pick one or the other in the MCU. I don't think they should go with, oh, there's Inhumans and there's Mutants. I think that's going to confuse people. And and if unless if that's all it is, I don't think that's worth really like dividing them into. Well, Inhumans are more directly connected to the Kree, whereas Mutants is just Mutants. Hmm. Uh, and since the Kree are still a prominent figure in MCU at the moment. Um, is this going to be secret invasion? And that's definitely going to tie in scroll with Cree. And there's, there's been a lot of Cree imagery, uh, especially in uh, the Miss Marvel trailer. Mm-hmm. Um, so I, I don't, I don't think we're, we're done with the Cree. I think that's going to be a, that's going to be a, an ongoing thing, which I guess would be the best way to bring in, Inhumans or mutants or whichever fucking way you want to go with it. So, Alex, do you think that like this Miss Marvel show is going to use that to sort of set up the difference between Inhumans and mutants over the course of like, like you had said, the the Miss Marvel show and then uh, the invasion and the Marvels and like those shows kind of have their own storyline to uh, explain the difference between them in a way. It's quite possible be to be brutally honest i mean at this point i'm having a hard time seeing any other way of doing it um i don't think we're gonna i don't think we're gonna see mutants i think we're going to see inhumans and something something big is going to go down uh, and start unlocking people's powers I think is is how I think is is going to happen. But that's just a that's just a theory. Like there's nothing. I, mean, I do nothing think it's that. important that they that they at least um, address the fact that they're different. I I feel like um, like sure it could maybe get a little confusing to people that are newer to the source material, uh, but I also don't think that it's a, a big enough thing to simply cater to a more casual audience when um, you can very easily uh, explain the differences and have more longtime fans of even just the MCU that doesn't have to do with the comics to sort of explain that there is a difference and that they they are entirely uh, like separate from each other in a way. Right. I mean, it would really take no more than like eight lines of dialogue. Yeah, truly. And I, I, think, I think the same thing goes for Miss Marvel's powers versus Mr. Fantastic powers. Like they're, they're similar, but they're not the same. And to me, there's no reason to confuse the two, I guess, as right. long as they actually explain that like their powers are individual in some way. Like she, Miss Marvel isn't capable of stretching her arm like 20 feet uh, and keeping it the same size or something like that. She doesn't just have stretchy limbs. She's capable of expanding and uh, reducing the size of her body to like some degree, whereas Mr. Fantastic has full range of motion in that regard. Right. And, and like her, her powers in the comics were like the, the, the whole embiggen thing was she could get taller, she could get smaller, she can fit through tight spaces, but she also would like make her fists fucking huge yeah and was able to produce ridiculous amounts of strength with it she can go toe-to-toe with the best of them Mm -hmm. um 
what they're doing with this cosmic bracelet thing, I'm hoping is just a stepping stone um, into her power subset. Because there are scenes, very brief, where you can see that she's like leaping in the air and stuff, and you can see that her limbs are stretched. And it's her limbs, not just the, not just the cosmic energy projection. So like, <laughs> it's possible that both might be happening, or this bracelet might somehow awaken her proper powers. Yeah, I think we had uh, discussed this the other day, uh, where we said uh, like, it, I personally would like it if the bracelet was simply to, uh, like, in the way that Thor's hammer. Um, made his power easier to wield until he understood and was capable of wielding mm. it without. Right. That's a good point. And that's what I hope anyway. Um, and I'm sure I'm probably not the only one that's thinking that, but I, I just, I, I, I don't like the green lantern powers. I think it's weird. <laughs> <laughs> and that's, that's more or less what it kind of feels like uh, minus the creating unique fucking weapons and shapes, right? Like, um, mm -hmm. but like the shield and everything too. Like, it just—I don't know. It doesn't—it doesn't seem like a character. Like, if you're going to be protecting yourself with her powers, would it not be just the same thing to grow your arm and make a gigantic shield in front of you? Well, if one does that how much impact can she take and that's where my knowledge on this character falls off like i i don't know uh, i don't know to what extent her her power actually affects things like durability like is she still just like a a teenager like you could fucking punt her and she's just done <laughs> like it, i don't know I, I truly don't know much about this character i would think i okay well Based on if she had the stretchy powers like Mr. Fantastic, I would say she is pretty durable because, I mean, the act of the stretching is clearly creating new cells and whatnot, right? So she could definitely, right. like, regenerate her own and heal. But with this, like, cosmic thing, maybe it's one of those things where you just absorb the kinetic energy and, and you have to, like, output it back. Well, as like, it seems... It was relatively the same thing, wouldn't it? Because if she had... If she had the ability to change the, uh, um, like the density of her skin to make a, a larger hand or something, you would think that she would be able to absorb and like reflect uh, attacks in, in some way or another, like in, in just bouncing off of her kind of. Well, traditionally, her powers uh, is morphogenetics. So, um, Kamala's cells manifest mutable properties due to the fact that she's able to share her mass through time with different versions of herself. On a molecular level, Ms. Marvel time travels whenever she uses her powers. Kamala can... Kamala? I gotta stop saying that. Uh, can stretch, deform, expand, or compress her entire body or parts thereof into any contiguous shape she can imagine for a variety of uses. So, she's got elongation, which she can extend her limbs, torso, or neck to great distances. Size alteration, which pretty much explains itself. She can uh, adjust height and stature, shrink to the size of an action figure, so on and so forth. 
Then she has accelerated healing um, due to her cells being able to fucking expand and contract and everything else, right? But she definitely has um, extensive healing. Well, now um, that it kind of does give a like slight context to the uh, to the uh, band that she's wearing. If it is a time thing, uh, every time we've seen any instance where they're changing time, there's always uh, like runes or magic of some degree involved, and they maybe that is what they're using it for, just to show that uh, it is a cosmic thing that she's getting her powers from. Um, at least, like, for this beginning portion, uh, to show that it is from, like, it's a multiversal thing. Right. And then she can also alter her appearance, so she can shapeshift. Um, hair, clothing, um, she can mimic inanimate objects, um, which oh. is fucking crazy. And then she's got bioluminescence, which her body emits a glowing yellow energy signature when she uses her powers. Also, physical strength can lift 25 tons up to 75 tons when she embiggens. That's a lot of heft. Huh, yeah. okay. And then her uh, weaknesses, not that many actually, electromagnetic pulse and overexerted healing, overuse of her healing factor temporarily weakens her powers, her elasticity mm -hmm. powers. Makes sense. Yeah, but that's that's fucking insane. Hmm. Oh, hold on. Um. Oh, go ahead. Sorry, I was just reading about her her equipment, and she's got these things called compartment bracelets, which are a series of bangles with hollow compartments inside, modified by her friend Bruno into a single bracelet worn on her left arm to hold her <laughs> cell phone and other small items. <laughs> oh, okay. Uh, they were originally used by Kamala's great-grandmother to smuggle money out of Bombay during partition, blah, 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 blah. Okay, so it looks like this bracelet she gets from her grandmother, and I'm quite certain that's where she gets it from in the trailer. She gets it from her great-grandmother or grandmother. Mm -hmm. Um. So it seems like they're they're kind of merging some things together. They're merging this this compartment bracelet, which I imagine is probably going to be able to hold a bunch of shit. And then they're like, well, it's cosmic as well. So like fucking whatever. We'll just make it give her powers. I To be honest, the more I'm reading about her now, the more I'm thinking that this this bracelet is going to be a stepping stone. I think that we're going to see that uh, it's going to be used probably throughout the first season, maybe even second season. Who knows how 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 many of these they're doing? Uh, but I think it's honestly a stepping stone into her actual powers. Okay. I mean, the more like we're talking about uh, just her context and her background, I, I agree. I'm I'm definitely feeling um, more or less the same as you yeah. after talking about it here. But I mean, like overall, the trailer itself—it's it, a fun kind of trailer. Like, there's all that, uh, all that comic text, uh, a la Spider Verse slash. Uh, what was the other example I gave the other day? Uh, Scott Pilgrim, mm -hmm. um, which I'm kind of hoping 
even if it's only for like a couple episodes or if it's only in instances when we're inside Kamala's mind, I'm hoping that they actually add that shit to it. So I think that'd be a good, you know, artist touch. Mm -hmm. Um, And I think it brings a certain degree of, of fantasy to the, to the story. Uh, But I mean, like overall, apart from what we've seen, um with her powers that's like that's the only gripe i have i think this is actually going to be a funny show i think it's going to be a good time i'm still uh, go ahead ollie i think the bracelet is a red herring i think this is mephisto i think this is the watch from hawkeye again (laughs) (laughs) i am ready for disappointed disappointment (laughs) you know what ollie just i need absolute silence from you (laughs) (laughs) calling it now i kind of agree i don't have the highest hopes for uh for this show i am i'm prepared to be impressed but i i feel like we're gonna end up getting something that's mediocre at best and um something that it just isn't going to provide a, a compelling story for this character to be later introduced um in a in a movie role of some kind I, I can't imagine that they're not planning on going that route with this character. Um, yeah. But I don't know. I, I'm still, especially with the introductions uh, of new characters in the form of shows in the Marvel Universe, I'm, I'm still a little on the fence about how I feel regarding it. Just because, as we were talking about with the Batman, they have to cater to the audience that isn't watching the shows when they have a theatrical release of a movie. So... In a sense, this entire series might be completely useless for us to watch, and then they just introduce her in a completely different way in a future movie. And I I think because of that, they are maybe not going to put in the same level of effort as they have into some of the shows with um, pre-existing characters. Interesting. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I agree. Well, I will hope for the best, and if we don't get it, then eh, whatever. Yeah, <laughs> I mean, so far all the shows have been pretty good, so uh, if there's one bad one out of the batch, I'm not too upset. I'm going to watch it regardless. But Well, right, and I like you can't win them all, right? They're trying, yeah. but they they can't. No, for sure. And, and like some people are just not going to feel a certain attachment to some of the characters that, uh, that they're introducing in some of these shows and movies. And that's going to affect how you feel about the entire um, show. So like there's, there's going to be people that don't like it. Same with Eternals where there was, I was a, a just going to say that. Yeah. Like it, it was very polarized how people felt about that movie. I personally really liked it but there were a lot of people that really did not enjoy that movie. And they're wrong and it's okay to be wrong. Yeah. Like I I agree, (laughs) but I feel like this is going to be another one of those very polarizing uh, instances for Marvel with this show. Yeah, I can see that. I think I can, I can definitely agree on that. Oh, well. Future will tell us it will be coming soon-ish after Moon Knight, which I'm stoked for. Um, I'm thinking that's going to be pretty fucking good. But again, who knows? That, that show itself could flop. 
Yep, it absolutely could. I do have high hopes for that show, but there's always a potential. Simmer, simmer them them down, man. We don't even know. We don't even know. But that's A-OK. I'll tell you what I'm excited for, though, mm. upcoming. And that is, of course, Kenobi. Gross. Yeah. No. Ollie, you can sit <laughs> this one out, too. <laughs> um, when I sent you guys that trailer, I think I sent that before I left for vacation. Yeah. Uh, and there's since been, I think, another trailer or a different kind of trailer or I don't know. Um. I'm super stoked. It it gives me fucking nerd bumps every time and chills every time I watch it. Mm-hmm. The immediate chills. And I'm like, as soon as the duel of the fates fucking kicks in, I was like, oh, oh man, shit's about to go down in this series. Um, I don't even know where to start. I don't think we had any real idea as to what Kenobi was really going to be about in the beginning is they, they were so tight lipped and hush hush about it. We just knew that there was going to be a Kenobi show and it takes place after the events of, or well after the events of the, uh, the collapse of, uh, of the Jedi mm-hmm. uh, in order 66. But now to see that there's going to be inquisitors and the Grand Inquisitor, or is that what he's, is that what you call the Grand Inquisitor? Yep. Yeah, mm-hmm. like I'm more than stoked now, like super duper, like I almost peed myself a little when I saw that. I was like, you've got to be fucking kidding me. Like this is, this is insane. You're, you're now bringing the Inquisitors in? Like we know that, we know 100% Hayden Christensen is uh, Christensen, Christensen, Christensen. We know that Mannequin Skywalker is going to be reprising his role, (laughs) (laughs) reprising his role as Darth Vader. Mm -hmm. Um, And I'm hoping this time around, under the direction of Favreau, Filoni, and whoever else puts their two cents worth in, um, we'll actually have a better go of it. Because, you know, the more you and I talk about it, Ryan, the more I'm starting to empathize with the fact that maybe the direction of the films is what took away from the possibility of him being a better actor in those movies. Mm-hmm. Uh, I definitely agree with that. I, I think that uh, the, the dialogue in the um, prequels were very stagnant in a lot of, uh, in a lot of the scenes where it's just about the dialogue. It wasn't really presented well. And sometimes it even felt like they didn't take the cut that they decided on. Um, for some of those dialogue uh, scenes. And right. They just ended up shoehorning in one of them that sounded kind of all right. Uh, but <laughs> it, it just, like, it didn't feel finished. It, it felt very artificial. And l- like you said, it, it was, there wasn't emotion. It, it kind of felt like a mannequin a lot of uh, a lot of times watching um, Hayden Christensen uh, as Anakin, especially in episode two. I thought it was the most uh, prevalent in attack of the clones yeah i mean Um, he definitely had a little bit more range come revenge of the sith and there is one one shot where he's standing on the bridge of mustafar after everything went down and he's just got the hood on and he's got that bewildered wild look in his eyes and he has that one single tear streaming down from his face and you can you could just see all the anger and hate and Mm -hmm. guilt and 
everything else that that had just transpired just all in that one shot and that that was good that i will give him definitely so stuff like that is what gives me a a lot of hope for him reprising his role because i think we're going to see a far better performance um in the kenobi show from him even if he's only in for a few scenes I think that it's going to be leagues better in terms of acting prowess than we saw from him in in uh, episode two and three. Hell yeah! Do you think we'll uh, you think we'll get an Ahsoka? So uh, here, okay, this I think we will, but I think it's going to be a flashback. I think we're going to get flashbacks to Clone Wars era with okay. Aiden Christensen and somebody playing ahsoka i don't know if they'll um, i don't think it'll be rosario dawson because her ahsoka is much more mature and this this takes place where ahsoka would have been like what 15 20 years younger something like that like i i think under the age of 20 for sure but in her teens at that point um but yeah i think that that's how we're gonna see ahsoka i don't think that we're going to see her um as like rosario dawson's uh version talking to kenobi at all i don't think uh they're going to interact outside of flashback sequences but i do think we're going to see her very briefly i think so and Um, uh, back to uh the inquisitors yeah um, like you were saying we we sort of had a discussion uh at work the other night um but uh i was talking about how I I don't I'm a little nervous about the power scaling that they're going to be uh, introducing with the Inquisitors here, um, because we know from things like Rebels and comics that the Inquisitors were they were well trained, but they were intentionally kept at a level where they could never compete with um, Vader or Sidious uh, in order to keep the rule of two intact and never have their lower Sith. Uh, apprentices betray them Um, right now do you think that they were even aware of the rule of two no i I don't think they were i don't think they were taught really anything regarding the sith religion aside from how pain and anger um deepen your connection with the dark side right um but going back to rebels a little bit even when we see ahsoka being introduced she deals with two inquisitors that uh kanan and ezra were having very uh large difficulties with fighting them together and ahsoka was very easily able to dismiss them at the same time uh just showing that there is a very large difference in the power between uh some of the jedi especially uh the ones that were attaining the master of the rank of master within the order so well, I mean, you did make a good point uh, when we when we were discussing this to say that Ahsoka was trained by Anakin in his prime, yeah. Versus um, these Inquisitors or acolytes, if you will, that were trained by Vader. I mean, Vader in his prime, but like you said, stunted so that they don't grow too strong. Yeah, exactly, and it, so it, it all ties into his like his suit. Uh, and when his suit was made for him, uh, it was intentionally made to keep him weaker than Sidious. Uh, and he had a different suit. Yeah. So Sidious made it so that he could never overtake him in terms of power. And Vader would never be able to surpass roughly like 
75 to 80 percent of Sidious's total capabilities with the dark side. Um, he did have another suit in the comics that was far more mobile. Um, he was able to access the force uh, a lot more fluidly with the dark side, but the trade-off was that he wasn't capable of sustaining his own life with the suit because it didn't have like the same armor and it didn't have the uh, um, same like breathing apparatuses and everything that he needed to live. Right. Uh, so he almost never wore it, but we know for sure that if he had stayed uh, in his prime as Anakin, he would have easily been able to overpower the emperor. Um, but another thing with Vader that we see in rebels a decent amount is that he doesn't, when he's taking a, not taking a fight seriously, he uses uh, one hand with his lightsaber. <laughs> and okay. Yeah, we see this a lot, actually. It's just, it it, it doesn't, uh, it, you kind of have to watch all of the scenes to sort of get it. Um, but the time where he's fighting Kanan and Ezra uh, together in the shipyard where he first appears in Rebels, he is just like absolutely annihilating them. They drop a, like a, a ship on his head and he just lifts it up with his other hand. Right. Um, like not even phased by them whatsoever. But in the fight with Ahsoka, he's using both hands on his lightsaber. In the hallway scene of Rogue One, at the very end of the movie, he's only using one hand. Well, but right. in Kenobi, in episode four, he's using two. I feel so, you. Okay. Yeah. So to me, that really shows the difference in strength between the Inquisitors and Vader. But we know that Kenobi is easily a match for for it vader at this point because he was capable of dealing with anakin on mustafar and whether that's because he was newer to the dark side and figuring out the force and all of that from that perspective like there is a debate there for sure right. but i don't think that we should see obi-wan struggling to beat any of the inquisitors unless there's two or more of them that's fair uh and i can't remember which all inquisitors are going to be in this i know fifth brother is one of them played by um oh what's his name han from fast and furious oh, oh really? interesting I yeah i was yeah. just about to make a joke that vin diesel from fast and furious was gonna be an <laughs> well that that joke that joke would have been valid uh to uh to a small degree here let me that's, while I that's have my... wild that's interesting i wonder well, if he's I... like a big fan of star wars <laughs> <laughs> whether you whether or not one is a fan of star wars makes no difference if someone offers you a part in star wars you take it yep you take it that's just good money that's just damn good money uh one second let me find his son kang his fifth brother okay um and then so him and the inquisitor reva that's the one i couldn't remember her name oh who is She's what sister? Um, it just says Inquisitor Reva. I don't know which sister she is. Played okay. by Moses Moses Ingram. Uh, and I'll see if there's any other. And then I think there's the. I think there's only the three in the series. To be honest, I think it's just the Grand Inquisitor, Inquisitor Reva, uh, and then Fifth Brother. Okay. So that said, we know that two out of the three of those inquisitors can't die in this show fifth brother and grand yeah because they I, the grand inquisitor dies in rebels but i don't 
think we ever see the fifth brother die. Um, I don't like, remember what happens to the fifth brother. I, I'm pretty sure they just kind of leave because, like, when Maul shows up and everything, they just sort of fuck off because it's like, like so <laughs> But yeah, like basically, it, it's I, I don't think that they ever killed those other Inquisitors. I think the only one that died in Rebels was the Grand Inquisitor. I really want to know now who Kumail Nanjiani is playing. He's in this. All six episodes. Whoa! If I had like to guess, your name a all? droid. No, I was gonna say <laughs> if I had to guess, it's gonna be a droid. We've seen that in the past with with comedians, Alan Tudyk, and uh, and um, Matt Berry, and I can't remember that. Well, not lady. to mention um, that Men in Black International. That was exactly what he did. He played like a little alien, alien in their pocket. Yeah. yeah. Hmm. But that I'm should sad. be fun. I, I I think he'd fucking kill it as a droid. That'd be funny as hell. Hmm. Or an alien of some kind. I don't really care what he is. Uh, but it's nice to see Joel Edgerton reprising his role as Owen Lars. Mm-hmm. And I think that's it for big names. And Hayden Christensen, of course. And, uh, and um, Rupert Friend, but I don't know who the fuck this guy is. He plays the Grand Inquisitor. Um, explain to me, have I seen Inquisitors at all in Star Wars no. movies or anything? If you haven't seen Rebels, then you wouldn't have seen them. Did you, did you play Fallen Order? Did you play Fallen Order? Oh, I, I still haven't really progressed through that temple or anything. Oh, well, okay, well, well, the Inquisitors are like, they're at the beginning of the story. The, the girl in the black, like, Vader-looking suit that's looking for you is one of the Inquisitors. Oh, okay. Yeah. There's just a bunch of them. It's like a school of them, essentially. Yeah, no, this okay. uh, this looks like it's going to be fucking awesome. Not sure where they're going in terms of story with this, but I uh, I definitely cannot wait to see what goes down. And, I mean, it sucks that it's only six episodes, and I'm fucking telling you now, these episodes better be minimum. 45 minutes. Yep. Minimum. Absolutely. So Rupert Friend was in The Boy in the Striped Pajamas and Hitman Agent 47. Was he Hitman? No, that was Timothy Oliphant. Who was the other guy? Oh, Ed Screen. Never mind. Um, But I think in The Boy in the Striped Pajamas, I think he played like a Nazi officer who like at the end of the movie told the dude that played Ares in, in Wonder Woman that like your son went with the other kid into the fucking shower and then their like faces dropped and it was like, oh shit. I think that's where I recognize him from. He looks sure. really familiar. I, I wouldn't know. I haven't seen the boy in the striped pajamas. I don't, he, I, I tend to not watch heavy movies like that. Yeah, it is a pretty heavy movie. He, oh no. Okay. Yeah. He's, he's the Russian hitman in agent in hitman agent 47. That's who he is. Yeah. Yeah. I don't and remember he, any of that. He also looks like Robert Nepper to me. That's just what I see when I look at him. But yeah. I don't know who that is. Robert Nepper? He bag from um uh prison break. Or not sure. Oh, okay. He was also he played a villain in Arrow and then he was he on iZombie, so he's played been in a, a few... villain in Hitman, so 
Robert Nepper and Hitman? Yeah. Played Yuri Markolov. He's in The Hunger Games, Transporter, Prison Break. Let's see. I didn't realize he was in that many things. I just seen him in like CW shows. Hmm. I probably recognize his face if I saw him, but I'm trying yeah, to find you would. a decent picture. He's a, he's a pretty recognizable person. He looks the same in everything. Why are you? What do you mean trying to find a picture? He doesn't look the same in everything. <laughs> what? Well, why? Won't even let me copy this fucking he's... picture. You know what? Fuck you, IMDb. He's like, <laughs> yeah, I don't know. I think he has a pretty recognizable face. You'd know well, when you see Hunger him. Games. Who is he in Hunger Games? Antonius. N- no idea who um, that is. Right. Yeah, that's not a name. No, I don't yeah. know. <laughs> that's what I thought. Um, yeah, not a big, not a big fucking deal. It's not a. Where would we going <laughs> with this? Who are we talking about? Um, the Grand Inquisitor. Right, Rupert Friend. Because I don't think I recognize him from anything. Yeah, I don't think he's a very big name. It's ever Dreamcore, Strange Angel. I've heard of none of these. I, well, I mean, I know what Homeland is. Yeah, I've yeah, <laughs> same here. And it looks like he's coming into a... He was in a movie with Mark Wahlberg in 2021 or something like that. A movie Called that what? I... I don't know. I was just... It might have been a Mark Wahlberg lookalike on the front cover of the movie, but it was like Invincible or something, and it came out in 2021. Something like that. Infinite? Infinite, that's it. Post Malone? Oh. Yeah, wasn't there like a Mark Wahlberg movie? And, and oh, like, oh, you're yeah. talking about Malone Spencer like Confidential. You're talking about uh, that was a fucking that was a fun movie. I like that movie. I, don't I didn't bother watching it, but yeah, you should. It's actually not bad. Is actually not bad. <laughs> I've never heard of this movie. Incident. There's a lot of people in this: Mark Wahlberg, Chiwetel Ejiofor, Sophie Cooks. I don't know who Sophie Cooks is. I just read the name. Dylan O'Brien, Jason Manzukis, Rupert Friend, Toby Jones. What? How many fucking people in this movie? I don't recognize any of the rest of these people, but still, like, what is this supposed to be about? Man discovers <laughs> that his hallucinations are actually visions from past lives. Oh, yeah. Oh. Speaking of weird movies like that, did you know that they're making another, they're making a sequel to The Edge of Tomorrow? <laughs> I did not know that. The Edge of Tomorrow. What was that movie again? Tom Cruise, where he's living in that time oh. with that war oh. against the aliens. The one that one had of... to get its title changed before it released? Because? Uh, the original title had something to do with the anime it was based off of, but they didn't have the rights for it or something like that. I can't remember. <laughs> oh, okay. I don't know. Oh. It was based off of an anime. Yeah, I'm pretty sure it's based off of an anime and it's just like a Western adaptation or something like that. Um, okay, hmm. that's interesting. It's getting a sequel. I guess like but they, they finished the invasion in the second movie, like it it they won the war. So Or the first the, movie. The 
The film was initially titled All You Need Is Kill. After the light novel, but as filming ended in July 2013, changed the title to The Edge of Tomorrow. Uh, because Warner Brothers president Sue Kroll said the title was changed partly due to negative chatter about the word kill in the title. But it also was they, they wanted to call it um, Live, Die, Repeat. That was a title I remember hearing about. Yeah. Hmm. Live, die, repeat. Yeah, I'm glad they didn't go with that. Edge of Tomorrow sounds kind of better. Yeah, no, it was pretty fucking cool, but it is getting a sequel, and I don't know how to feel about it other than I'll watch (laughs) it, because I'm not going to lie, I slept on this movie for so long. Like, I did not watch this when this came out, because I was like, oh, another fucking Tom Cruise action movie about whatever. I didn't even know what it was about. I didn't even even bother with it. And having, having watched it, uh, it was like two weeks ago, I think is when I watched it. Now I'm like kicking myself in the ass going, why did I not watch this movie? Like, it was actually really good. So good. Fucking Tom I've Cruise, seen it man. Before. I don't really remember a lot from it because uh, it's been a little while, but I don't know. I mean, to me, I just, I'm not a big fan of the that premise. Like, it's done well in a few things, but. I, I just think that it's overplayed, and if you don't have enough character development to go along with it, it just kind of feels boring to watch a, a repeat of everything every couple of minutes. Well, I mean, I felt they, they approached this quite well. Sorry, you have or have not seen this? I have. It's just been okay. quite a while since I, I watched it, so it's not very fresh. And I remember like certain scenes here and there, but... I've never found Tom Cruise to be a, a compelling actor, so I'm not a big fan of most of his movies. I agree. The one movie, though, that I would say is really good that I liked with Tom Cruise in it was Oblivion. That was I haven't watched that one yet. Future oh, you're, you're sleeping. Like go, go watch that movie. It's Morgan Freeman, Tom Cruise, and I think there's one other person, but that movie was was really good. Hmm. I'll need to watch that one again. I know I've seen that one well. It's it's got a it's got a big twist, but basically it's like um he kind of like is in is in charge of a sector while like humans evacuate Earth because like aliens have been stealing the water from the planet. Those and bastards. Then, and then he he kind of discovers like a like a oh maybe what I'm told is not reality kind of thing so it's an interesting Mm -hmm. movie it's a good thriller i'm down i'll check that out i'll watch that i might even watch that tonight do it do it 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 is a good movie yeah i was on a i was on a tom cruise kick for a while there um i'm working my way through the mission impossible movies i haven't watched the last one yet um like at all yeah like at all I stopped, oh. dude. I stopped watching Mission Impossible movies after Mission Impossible Two. Yeah, um, I don't really remember the second and the third one, but I think first, the whatever first one, one was... I remember quite well. Second yeah, one was when too. they changed they changed pace and turned it more into an action movie than than a spy thriller. And then yeah, they just from from there they just fucking ramped it up, and each one is more more actiony than the last one and it's it's actually it's not half bad 
Um, no, they're, they're way not. better, way better than I was expecting. And but when you have a cast like Simon Pegg and Ving Rhames, um, like they, they, I find that they, they add, yeah, certain character nuances to that movie that are and humor that you wouldn't get otherwise. But I have not seen uh, the last one with uh, with Henry Cavill yet. With Henry Cavill, have you seen Man from Uncle? Yeah, that's a dope movie. Yeah, that's a dope oh, movie. I yeah. fucking love that movie. That yeah. movie's too good. Oh, I may have to rewatch that too. Hmm. I'm just gonna rewatch everything with Henry Cavill in it. I, you know what? <laughs> yeah. I, I totally forgot that he was in a Greek mythology movie, uh, Immortals. Oh yeah, I haven't seen that one, but I saw that on Netflix, and I'm like, wait, that's Henry Cavill. Like, now, what the fuck? I remember seeing it in theaters way back when it came out, but apparently, in, I remembered it. I remembered it very differently, and I did not like it. And then having rewatched it uh, a couple months back, I was like, what was wrong with younger me? This movie was fucking awesome. I didn't understand. I guess I didn't understand what was going on. Um, hmm. But having rewatched it, yeah, no, I highly recommend that you well, watch was, Immortals. Wasn't there also a similar movie based in uh, Greek mythology that came out around the same time with. Uh, yes, Johnson? Clash of the Titans. Yeah. Oh, okay. Yeah, that was um, when um, Sam Worthington was like a huge hit because of Terminator. Honestly, I think that movie is overrated. It is. Or was I, it... I rewatched it a few months ago, and I was like, "Why? Why did I like this movie?" Well, there was two of them. There was Wrath of the Titans and Clash of the Titans. I don't remember which one came Clash, first. Clash, Clash was the, the Titans first was one. First. Okay. Yeah. Um, but yeah, and they they were definitely out at the same time, and they both play the same character. They both play Perseus. Oh, really? Okay. Hey, Hollywood, Hollywood seems to do that a lot. There was like a few years ago when the two Hercules movies came out. And Both then, garbage. And then there were the two um, Dracula movies that came out. And then, mm. uh, and every time I hear about it, apparently what's happening was that there's two studios involved, each owning different parts of the script or something. And then they're like, hey, fuck you then. We'll just make the movie how we want to make it. And that's exactly what happens. And that's what happens when Hollywood does that is because there's just two groups that just don't agree with how to go forward about the movie. So they just give different parts of it to to different studios or something like that. Fair enough. Uh, Again, though, definitely, definitely watch Immortals. That is it is a different take and it's a more. I hate to say the word realistic, but it's a more realistic take on the labors of Perseus. I mean, there's still supernatural elements to it, but like the Minotaur is just a man, a very big man, albeit, uh, but just a man with like strength and whatever else. Like there's, there are elements to it, but he does like, if I remember, there are, there's like, there's some sort of magic bow and he does commune with the gods and like there, there is supernatural stuff to it. It's just not, it's just not all mythic beasts and shit. Like it's definitely a much more, I hate the, yeah, realistic. It's the only way I can say it is realistic. It's a much more realistic take on, on the, uh... so like in, in the case of the Minotaur, say uh, he was always described by his strength and his massive appearance. And it was just taken out of context and then turned into a mythical beast in uh, like literature kind of thing, but right. it was just like it was never initially intended to be that. Right. And so like 
there's still a labyrinth that he goes mm -hmm. into because he's got to, I forget what he's going in there to get. Um, I think it's to save his mother, actually, if I'm not mistaken. And like the Minotaur is, like this, is this big dude. Labyrinth in mythology, it was like a path to some person that was like uh, like a king or something that was omnipotent or something. Oh like that. fuck, I can't remember my my Greek mythology is super rusty. Yeah. So um, but yeah, like he's the Minotaur is this big big giant beast of a man who is disfigured and wears a big giant Minotaur helmet. Mm -hmm. Um. But is is just that he's just a man, but possibly a demigod. Um, but yeah, no, you you gotta check it out. It's actually a really good watch. Um, and like Henry Cavill, when he was young, <laughs> not that he looks any older these days. Just back then, he was a little more. Uh, he's a bit leaner now. He's just a fucking giant beast yeah he's, mm -hmm. kind of how um he's how, the hulk uh, now back then he was a little bit bigger than banner like <laughs> yeah kind of how like chris evans is in teen movie where he's like 22 or something in that movie but and, still in great shape yeah yeah, yeah no there's definitely a, a younger cavill he's still cut and ripped as fuck but not like superman ripped or witcher ripped he's just yeah, no, yeah like, he doesn't have the bodybuilder physique. Type <laughs> no, but he's still he's still he's still fucking cut though. Yeah, no, definitely definitely go check that out. I can't recommend that enough. Okay. With That's that that being... though, do we have any closing thoughts on uh, on Kenobi. I don't know if you even watched the trailer. <laughs> Circling back to that quickly. I don't I think, think Ollie has trailer. anything to say. Yeah. I have, I, I and even if he like does, I'm not ago. interested in whatever he has to say. <laughs> I think you I think dirty trekkie. I think when you texted me that, I said something like "meh," Gross. <laughs> just like "go fuck or "meh" or something. <laughs> yeah, yeah. 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 <laughs> like all I saw was an old man watching a kid through binoculars and being like, "Man, why can't I play with that kid?" And I was like, "Gross." But, <laughs> but um yeah no, i mean i'm gonna watch i the sent show. it i said gave me fucking chills you're like looks i and i told you to eat shit <laughs> yeah so that's how that, that went down and anyways, you can still eat shit i'm gonna watch i'm gonna watch the show but like yeah you are because we're gonna do it together as a team yep, yeah the watch party is coming back very soon but I like I swear, like other than the Mandalorian, like there hasn't been a single Star Wars thing that really captivated my attention. Like I don't know, it's just Star Wars just doesn't like Look, land. It, Book it, it of doesn't... Boba was kind of loose, and to be fair, let's be real, all the best parts were the parts with Mando and Chrysanthemum. Mm -hmm. Yeah, and, and Fennec because she did all the work. You you know True. what I kind of you know what I kind of think is the reason why I like Star Trek over Star Wars is that Star Wars just reiterates um, themes that have existed through through like you know centuries of movies and pop culture and whatever, and just puts it in like a futuristic setting. You know, it's always like the rebels versus the imperials or whatever and then at least star trek is just like hey let's go and explore what like planets are like and like i don't know it's just more intriguing to me to like wonder and to 
you know, go like hypothetically, like, oh, what if there's a planet that's like this? Where Star Wars is just like, okay, there's different aliens and they're all fighting for scrap on a sand planet and like they got lasers and shit, but they still live as if they're in the medieval times. I don't know. That's just that's just kind of maybe why why I'm I'm not too big of a fan of Star Wars. How do I mean, you feel that's, about that's fair? I think that Star Wars, if you're just watching the movies of it, it it leaves a lot to be desired in, in a, a lot of regards, especially the new trilogy, just sort of rehashing all of the same ideas as the yeah. original trilogy. Yeah, it's like but, it's nothing new. Yeah, but that's why I like the uh, the prequel trilogy so much, because it was just Jar -jar. so different. <laughs> sure, <laughs> sure. We, we 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 can we can give him a pass. I Jar Jar is a Sith Lord. Like I, I wholeheartedly believe <laughs> in that. Stop that theory. talking. You don't even you don't even get an opinion on this matter because you're not a Star Wars they, person. They set him up to be a Sith Lord, and they didn't go they for did it not. because people hated him. That was just a fan theory. That was never a thing. Legit. Speaking of star themed shows, how do you feel about Stargate? I don't Stargate's mind Stargate. Interesting. I just I just didn't care for the over dramatized TV series, but I like the movies. I'll tell you, Stargate the movie is one of my favorite sci-fi's from back in the day. Yeah, um, isn't that um what's his Kurt Russell, James Spader? Yeah. Yeah, no, it was fucking brilliant, brilliant movie. Um, I don't care for Stargate SG One, the series, not my thing. But um, but that's but that's Atlantis. That's my jam. Yeah, yeah. Atlantis, Atlantis is my jam. Atlantis. I have all that... five seasons, man. Oh yeah, yeah. Nice. On we used my, to have uh... um, my stepdad had all of uh, like everything Stargate on uh, Blu-ray. Yeah, um, I will never forget. There was a. Well, I don't remember the instance, but I'm quite certain it was there was an episode where Shepard. What was Momoa's name on that show? Oh, dude, uh, it's been too long. I One don't sec. know. <laughs> One sec. I couldn't tell you. But he was skinny and like lanky, wasn't he? He was leaner is the best way to put that. Because he was still pretty, pretty built. He just wasn't as big. I mean, Ronan. He's also His name was Ronan. Ronan. He's a big dude anyway, so just right. even cutting any amount of muscle for him, I'm sure, would make him look considerably smaller, just because the, like he, his frame is so massive. Right, and there's a there's a line, I'm pretty sure Shepard, Ronan, and I can't remember if it was McKay or uh, Carson. They're all playing golf out on like some fucking bridge somewhere on, the, <laughs> on Atlantis, and someone made a comment towards Momoa's character calling him Conan only for him to be Conan like several years later <laughs> that's awesome actually oh, I never thought that fucking crazy yeah it was uh it was awesome yeah no you know I'm I'm I miss Stargate Atlantis Atlantis was my jam uh and every now and then I will roll through all five seasons sometimes I skip like filler episodes I don't care about like I don't care about the episodes with like they oh, what they on... call him, Michael or David or whatever, where they converted that one wraith to a human? Oh yeah, I skip all of that. I hate. I cannot stand those episodes. I mean, that's they... fair. When you've seen it so many times, like you know what happens anyway. So why yeah. wouldn't you just skip the ones that you know you don't like? Right. Sorry, Ollie. What were you saying? 
are they on any streaming service? Because you know, I, I don't know to be honest. You'd have I'd, to go I'd, looking. I'd love to give it another try, especially since like I never really got into the um, Battlestar Galactica that aired in like two thousand and eight ish. Yeah, I'm not a Battlestar guy either, but I haven't actually given it a shot, so I don't know if I am or not. Yeah, but then I gave it a shot last year over the winter break, and I was like, oh, I'm actually like really into Battlestar Galactica. Like that was a good like four seasons of TV. Sure, I I got a controversial statement for you guys. Oh, um, what was it? Uh, was it Super Troopers, the movie where they go to like the alien bug planet? Starship Troopers. Starship Troopers. <laughs> I was really gonna say there's no aliens in Super Troopers. Yeah, that Super was Troopers cop, was, right? a, was, was 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 the broken lizard film about the cops. Yes. Yeah. Okay, yeah. I thought so. But anyway, Starship you Troopers. You boys like Mexico? Like yeah. Starship. Wait, Excuse what? Me? I didn't like it at all. I hate Starship Troopers. Starship yep. Troopers. Yep. It was meant to be like really like over the top. Over the top. Yeah. Like the fact that like every character was like beautiful and then there were like like yeah, like co-ed shower scenes and everything and they were fighting like a stupid It enemy. was just meant to be gory, gritty. Yeah. Over-sexualized. It was, it was is... it's a meathead movie. That's probably why you yeah. don't yeah. like it. Yeah. And like that's okay. probably why I like it. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, like I was recently rewatching all of Futurama on uh, Disney Plus and there's an episode that they like riff on that trope and I think they are definitely alluding to um Starship Troopers where like the enemy are like brains that bounce like basketballs oh i love that episode yeah <laughs> so like it's Zach like brannigan is one of my favorite fucking characters in futurama yeah. and um <laughs> Look, yeah Mila, with starship real velour with starship <laughs> troopers like i kind of agree it's nothing special but i've also only ever seen the first movie i haven't seen the second or the third one I won't watch either the second or the third one. The first second one was just so one. bad. There's more than one Starship Troopers movie? Yeah, there's pretty two. Boo, I That's won't one. watch it. And I, I'm pretty sure it's not like... Um, I think I want to say it's like a different studio or like everything all together. Like, I don't think it's from the characters from the first movie. I could be wrong about that. Um, but do you guys remember... Um, What's his face? The guy who voices Mr. Krabs being in Starship Troopers. He was that like general that was training him on the compound that like booted him out of the academy when he, Michael like, the... Ironside. <laughs> I had no idea. I don't think that's his name, is it? The one who's in the new season of like Dexter, but he voices Mr. Krabs. No, he and... doesn't. Does he Michael not voice Iron... Mr. Krabs? No, Michael Ironside does not voice Mr. Krabs. One second. I know who <laughs> you're talking about. No, I'm not I'm not talking about Michael Ironside. Ew. That guy who... looks like No, I'm talking about the guy who voices Mr. Krabs. Go Okay, let me look up his voice actor. It's Oh, um, Clancy, Clancy Brown. Brown. Clancy Brown. Yeah. Sorry, in... I forgot Clancy Brown was in Starship Troopers. I thought you were talking yeah. Ironside. I'm like, what the fuck are you no. going on about? No, I don't even I don't even remember. I think Ironside was in like one scene in that movie, wasn't he? But yeah, anyways, Clancy Brown, he played this the character who um like was running the academy or whatever, and then he wanted to get back into the war 
and they wouldn't let him because he was so valuable so he demoted himself to like recruit and then he got sent back out there in the war and then they were all like cheering and lifting him up at the end as he like killed the last like alien or something like that and sure. I just I just remember that scene being really funny but I think that movie's kind of memorable and like you may not like it Ryan but I thought it was kind of enjoyable it's okay that you don't like it I understand <laughs> so anyway. quick for you guys yeah well i mean decent hot take um we are starting to get stretchy here in terms of time just like miss marvel uh, or unlike her unlike miss marvel but who knows <laughs> who knows what'll uh what'll manifest um later on down the road we don't we don't know and like i like i keep saying i've said it a thousand times and i'll keep saying it Marvel and the folks at Disney are masters of deception. Mm-hmm. We'll never know what we're going to get from them, but know that what we do get from them is going to be nothing short of pretty fucking cool. Mm. With that being said, time for the shout outs. Shouting out, going to keep this one light this time, but like for reals this time, I'm going to keep it light. <laughs> uh, special shout outs. Of course, to Matt the Rat over at Rat House Productions. He's our producer. He puts our show out for us because he's awesome like that. Uh, you can find him and other shows associated with Rat House Productions at rathouse.net, R-A-T-T-H-A-U-S.net. Speaking of promotions and people of that, like special shout out to Joe and or Joey and or Mr. Awesome over at Blind Knowledge. He's our promoter. He promotes our show. He puts us out on the internet and gets people to give us clicks and likes. That's fucking awesome. Also, we do have an interview up on blindknowledge.com, and we are also on blindknowledge.com is where you can find our podcast. Uh, And we're on the front page. Can't miss us. It's awesome. Check it out. Um, Oh, I don't know if I made mention of it last time, but definitely go check out Transatlantic transmissions with myself and adam from tiff tack or tales from the animal kingdom shameless plug of my other show don't care um go check that out our first episode aired just last week or the week prior um entitled the embarrassing first episode or something like that it's awesome we just mostly talk about food and death (laughs) and food again so you know go check that out and uh yeah we're gonna keep this one light ryan if people want to find you on the internet where can they find you uh i am on instagram and twitch at synthetic 7s uh make sure to tune in for the streams sunday to wednesday with moon night watch parties starting very soon at the end of this month fuck yes i cannot wait ollie i want in on that you will oh, be yeah. in on that unless you're going to bitch out and go to bed early or whatever. <laughs> wow. Um, you, you heard me. Ollie, if they want to find well, you. The good, or... thing, the good thing with that show is it comes out like in the morning so we can watch it right as I get home or whatever. But anyways, um, <laughs> uh, if they want to find me, where do they find me? Somewhere on the internet. Somewhere on the internet, yeah. Uh, meatspin.com, something like that, I think. I don't, I don't know what that is. Wait, I don't want to know what that is. <laughs> I don't want to know. Don't tell me. I don't want to God, okay. <laughs> That's um, Oliver.hruiz on, on Instagram. Instagram. Yeah. 
<laughs> I'll do it for him since he's taking a sweet fucking time. <laughs> <laughs> oh man. Is that it? Is that am I missing oh, yours. anything? Yours. <laughs> I mean, I don't I mean nobody needs to yeah. find me on the internet. No, nobody don't. gives a shit about the host. Like... One of the hosts, I should say. Um, yeah, if you guys want to find me on the internet, you can find me on Instagram and Twitter. Uh, on Twitter at the real Snurfin, on Instagram at Snurfin, or you can find us and our podcast, and you can tell us how awesome we are and how great big fans you are. And no, I got nothing. That's all I got. <laughs> over <laughs> over both on Twitter and Instagram at Nerdy Nomicron. And that's the show. That's it. Episode 23. Enjoy that outro music. Until next time, folks. Peace. Peace. Thanks for listening.